Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. What travel adventures have you been thinking about for a while but just haven't done yet. Haven't had a chance to go and do it yet. Uh, I'm excited for today's show because we're talking about one of mine. It's the West Highland Way in Scotland. It's a 96-mile hike. You're going to hear what the experience is like, how to go about doing it, and why you might want to consider doing it yourself, maybe adding it to your bucket list. And of course, we dive into some other topics around travel, why Lynn chose to try to make a living out of travel how a trip to Europe changed both of our lives, and much more. I also want to share with you this idea of creating a box for your travels and how the West Highland Way, for me, would fit into a certain box and why that could be such a fun way and a rewarding way to design a trip. We'll also give a shout out to somebody in the community here and so much more. It's happening right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. I got a question for you. You know, if you have traveled for a long time, if you've ever gone out on the road, you know, you're kind of forced into minimalism. And being that I spent so many years on the road in my prior life, I never really collected too many things. But there were a couple things that I collected. I'm not a, a big collector per se, but yes, there, there were two things that, that uh, I, I did enjoy collecting from my travels. One is a magnet collection. And I'm telling you this because I just got my magnets up on my file cabinet thingy that I have on my desk here. And I, you know, I wish I started my magnet collection a little earlier because I didn't really do that until, I don't know, recent years. But it's still nice to look down and see magnets, you know, from Nepal and Cambodia and here in Norway where I live and Sweden and Oregon, some places in the United States, Portugal, all these uh, various places that I've traveled over the last few years. And it's just a nice visual reminder of what is out there beyond beyond my little uh my little abode here in Norway where it's winter and we're hunkered down uh, it's been very cold but the snow's been beautiful and uh, speaking of visual reminders i also am looking at a, a prayer wheel i got in nepal and some other uh, assorted uh, nice things that remind me of the the world out there the big wide wild world out there the other thing i did collect pretty religiously since starting to travel, I have no idea why, were patches. I'd like to get a patch from each country. And I'm telling you all this because my stuff just arrived from the United States. I used to have a place in Colorado and got it all down to just two boxes of stuff. And in there was my patch collection and my magnet collection. So I don't know what, what should I do with those patches? Let me know. Should I sew them on something? Just 
look at them. I don't know. What do you do with a collection? I don't really know what to do. No, I'm not a good collector, I guess. Anyway, speaking of things that can kind of uh, get your juices flowing when it comes to travel or just you know make you feel good, these are like visual cues and visual reminders that make me remind myself of uh, the power of travel and you know, how it makes me feel, even though a lot of us aren't traveling right now. Uh, I guess I would give you that tip if you have a visual reminder of your travels and you put it front and center somewhere, then you can get a nice feeling each and every day when you see that stuff. And it's nice to look around and and see some of these things. And today we're going to give you an audio reminder of, <laughs> of travel taking a virtual trip to the West Highland Way with my friend Lynn. I won't know if it's so much of a virtual trip, but just a discussion around the experience of walking the West Highland Way in Scotland, which is something I've wanted to do for quite some time. And, you know, this ties in a bit with this idea of creating the box, creating a box for your travel adventures, your travel experiences. And I'm going to talk a bit about that principle or that concept after the interview, but I don't want to delay any further because this was a fun conversation with uh, with Lynn, who, by the way, congrats to her. She just launched her own podcast called Wander Your Way, and it's all about travels in Europe, and it's wonderful. She's got such a nice voice. So actually, we recorded this show, and afterwards, I said, oh, that was so fun. Did you ever think about starting your own podcast? She's like, actually, I was just thinking about it. And anyway, so she took action, and she ended up doing it, and now it's live. So if you want another uh, podcast to listen to, Wander Your Way is the name of her show. We don't mention it in the interview because it didn't exist at that time, but uh, you can check it out on iTunes, Spotify, blah, 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 wherever you get podcasts. And it's, again, all about travel in Europe. And Lynn's great at sharing specifics around destinations. So anyway, let's slip and slide into this interview. And I will see you on the other side. We'll meet over there. We'll give a shout out to somebody in the community, talk about creating that box for your travel experiences and a few reflections on Uh, this idea of hiking the West Highland Way. So stick around for that, and I'll see you on the other side. You are here today to help us engage or re-engage with our our wanderlust, right? Yes. I mean, we can't... You know, it's like it's uh, it's COVID time, but us travelers, we're not we're not giving up the uh, the travel dreams or the or the travel daydreams, are we? Heck no, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. I, it's 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 been a little painful, but yeah, for me anyway. But I just keep you know I keep trying to turn out a blog post every week. I took this week off. I just kind of felt like I needed a break. I think just for other reasons, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still like trying to write stuff and trying to keep people engaged. And I have so like I, I get, you know, emails back from my readers that are like, thank you. Thank you for, you know, you keep me dreaming about travel. Yeah, you know, this is like, that's great. Does, yeah. does uh, like writing the articles or writing about travel help you as a travel lover who's not really traveling right now? Does that help you? kind of go somewhere in your head or is it like or is it or is it more torture than it is uh, a little bit of both (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly that I mean it really is a little bit of both it's like it's it's helpful like I feel like I get to be transported back there for a little while but then it's like rubbing salt in the wound you know (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) so but it's good because I think the the one thing too is like you know like I know some people are like well you're not traveling so what are you writing about and I'm like well I'm just taking different approaches to things that I've already written you know I'm like maybe really getting into the minutia of a place and like really you know focusing in on one little place and writing about that um or I'm taking that that other view and taking the bird's eye view and going oh so what are the best things to do in this entire region versus just you know a town or something like that so yeah it's kind of like an interesting time to maybe if you're thinking about travel in general it's like it is a bit of an opportunity to reflect maybe on your prior travel experiences or, or maybe the travel experiences you want to have coming up or in some other ways, like you're describing, like going into some of the, maybe the things that you haven't thought about before 
Uh, I should mention your blog, by the way, wanderyourway.com. Well, not just a blog. I mean, you do travel. You have travel planning services there. Uh, I'm talking to Lynn Neiman, by the way. <laughs> I haven't given you a formal introduction yet. I get into chit chat and then I get carried away. So yeah, you are the founder of Wander Your Way. And we've gotten to know each other over, I'd say, the last couple of years, right? Which has been great as a member of our, our Location Indie community and um, just... Like I hadn't been on on your website in a little bit, and I was just like, "Wow, this is you're killing it over here with this website, Lynn." Like, I mean, uh, right on the front cover on the homepage, you had some very compelling uh, messaging there. It was like uh, just this beautiful photo. I'm guessing you took it because you take some amazing photos, and uh, this is like gorgeous mountain scene situation. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it would be so great to be there right now. And then uh, I think your tagline on the top said something like, do you want to be here? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you go there. Yes, uh, right now, everybody's yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, this is funny. I just wanted to start here because, it. Uh, yeah, you said, do you wish you were here? Let's make it happen is what you said because you do travel planning. And I think it's like it's a certain kind of traveler that's like – like you and maybe like me, I guess, because I'm here hosting this podcast that like you love travel so much that it's not just like something you do. It's also something you do for a living. You just like, I want to be around this so much that I'm going to create something that just puts me around it even more than I like to be around. Like how did travel become such a big part of your life? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I think I remember as a kid, and I'm going to date myself, but I just, I remember like getting the encyclopedias out (laughs) and just like looking through them and looking at maps and pictures of far off places and just always like, I just kind of feel like I always kind of had wanderlust in my heart. Um, But, you know, and even though my family were the type that was like, you know, we took summer vacation and we always, you know, tried to go somewhere. I think a couple of times we had to do staycations before staycations were, were a thing, you know, where we, I, I'm, you know, grew up in, in the suburbs of Cincinnati. So we would do things close by that were, you know, go to the zoo or go to some nearby, you know, state park or something. Um, so I just think I always just wanted to, you know, I was just curious, I think by nature. So as I got older, you know, I just kind of started to maybe take little trips and it was probably really when I moved to Colorado when I was, 30, um, that I just really like that place just lends itself to just explore. And it was my type of exploring because it was more in the outdoors. Um, I think I, you know, even though I was maybe not an outdoor, outdoor person when I was younger, there were woods just across the street and I would always go over there and play. So I think, you know, I just kind of had that curiosity. So, yeah. So I think, you know, that just kind of just kept morphing itself until I finally took that first overseas trip. Um, and I was almost 40 when I did that. (laughs) So when I went to Europe, um, when I was 39, um, because I was bound and determined to get out of the country before I turned 40, um, that just kind of then opened up even that much more, you know, I had done so much exploring like around Colorado and, you know, Utah and, you know, going to the Grand Canyon, you know, places like that out West that I could get to in a car ride. Um, but when I went, but I went to, I went to Southern Spain and, and that was just it. I mean, I just, you know, I went by myself and, and I just kind of knew that I had to do something with travel. I just had to start to figure it out. And that was 2005. So it was really kind of before, um, well, maybe that was like when blogging was starting to happen, maybe just a little bit, but you know, it just, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. And it just kind of eventually morphed itself into, um, into Wonder Your Way when I um, ended up moving back to Cincinnati in 2011 and I wanted to start my own business. And when I finally figured out that I could start a travel planning business because people were inundated by things on the internet. So there was almost too much information and travel agents were starting to make a, a little bit of a comeback if they would like get into certain niches or niches. Um, I thought, why not give it a try? You know, what have, what have I got to lose? Because it's, I mean, it's not like I needed a whole lot of money to start up. You know, you start a website and you just get some business cards. And of course, then I just had to learn a whole lot of things. But <laughs> but it just... It, it, Make it sound so easy. Yeah, I know, no. it wasn't that easy. It still isn't. It's definitely not easy right now during COVID. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, I just kind of started to plan other people's trips. And I just 
found like it was fun. You know, I loved when people came back and said, oh, my God, I had such a great time. You know, it just gave me a chance to maybe, um, you know, just travel vicariously as I was planning their trip. And then when they'd come back and tell me about it. So we are going to talk about the West Highland Way today, which is a, a walking trail in Scotland, something that I haven't done. But uh, I know you know quite a bit about it. So we're going to get some tips on that specific destination. Yeah, let's just talk a little bit first before we get into that, because uh, I, I kind of want to continue this conversation around, yeah, taking something you're passionate about and sort of combining it with your business. Because you said, well, it's not that easy. And we were joking around. But in a way, it kind of is that easy, right? It's like, all right, first is the decision and giving yourself permission to be like, all right, I love this thing. I want to be around it. What can I do to like create a business around this and then like you know the hard part of maybe learning how to set up a website and things like that those are like the practical steps but what's even harder sometimes is just the initial decision and the commitment right i mean once you make the true truly make the commitment then it's like all right well let's figure this out you know we have this in common because the solo backpacking trip through Europe thing was the thing that kind of like blew my eyes and my mind wide open and got me like, oh my gosh, this travel thing, like I need to be around it all the time, which kickstarted like 10 years of nomadic life. But, uh, and it sounds like for you, it was kind of like, it sounds like you kind of knew this, like it was maybe going to open you up in a certain way, but like the impact of the actual trip was maybe even more than you even thought it was going to be. Talk, talk about that trip. Cause that sounds like a pivot point for you to like a whole new sort of career and way of life in some ways. Was that, am I over-exaggerating that? Yeah, or, well, or? maybe a little bit. I, you know, I think, you know, I think I always, even when I moved from Cincinnati to Colorado in the mid nineties, what was it? Early 96, you know, I had just finished up photography school. I had just gotten an associate's degree in commercial photography. And I kind of always saw like, I'm just going to travel and photograph. <laughs> it was kind of my, that was my plan. <laughs> I don't know how I was going to earn a living, but, 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 you know, I was hoping to be able to, to earn a living through photography. So I think I kind of always had a little bit of that in mind, but I think what really probably just started to change it was like maybe the where I wanted to kind of have more of my travel. And I think when I went to Europe, um, that just opened my mind more to, what it was like to travel internationally and what it was like to be outside of the United States and the connections that you make and how you can be different in so many ways, but yet alike in so many ways, you know, just all those sort of, you know, kind of almost travel cliches in some ways. It's like, you know, it, it just, it, I guess maybe it, maybe it solidified that that was something that I knew that I kind of had to do something with travel and, and at the time, I thought it would be more like my photography um, and some writing. I mean, to be honest, like one of my dreams, probably since I graduated undergrad with a political science degree, <laughs> the very useful <laughs> political science degree, um, was that I, I wanted to travel the world, photograph it and write about it. And I wanted to inspire other people to do the same. I mean, that has been like a month that's been like in my head since I was probably in my early 20s. And it's something that kind of has never changed. But I just think that that probably going to Europe really kind of made me fall in love with Europe and travel through there and then wanting to inspire people to travel to that part of the world. Um, so but yeah, I mean, it, it was something I mean, I, I feel like that for me, it's like, maybe I always want to travel to be part of it. But I think it's just kind of the nature of what travel would be part of my life and to somehow being able to make a living from it, you know, that's definitely shifted. I mean, and, and how I would do it, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's something that, gosh, um, I just feel like it's, it, it has maybe always been a little piece of me. Um, but yeah, that, that trip definitely kind of, you know, really was it for me. Like I knew that I knew that I knew that when I came back from that, I'm like, I'm, I was ready to just turn around and jump on a plane and go back. You know, yeah. it's one of those. Right. It was like, it's like, this is, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> this, this is, this is what I was meant to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great feeling. It's interesting how these pieces of us will kind of persistently hang around. Right. Even if we're doing other things, <laughs> you know, like, uh, 
trying to have a quote unquote normal life or normal career or something. And it's just like, you know, this sort of nagging, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, am I supposed to be helping inspire people to travel in some way? What does that mean? And it's like, I've found in, in my own life, like just those things that kind of hang around, like probably a good idea to pay attention to them. Cause when you actually listen to them, then it really opens up quite a lot. And like, and part of that is just like, I think giving yourself permission, right? Like the travel photography example is a great example. I think of what, what you're talking about where it's like, you know, there's a couple buckets, right? It's like, you could be like, Oh, I'm going to be a photographer and travel the world. Okay. Let me wait for somebody to pick me. I'm going to keep like sending national geographic, my photos or, you know, whatever travel publication and wait for them to pick me. They're going to find me. I'm a diamond in the rough. Right. Um, and then there's like, maybe the more practical uh, approach of like, all right, like I want to travel. I want to do photography. Let me create something that allows me to do those things and provides value to other people and just give myself permission to do that, right? Like I think half the battle is just giving yourself permission to say, hey, this is who I am. This is like this nagging thing that I need to do. All right, like I'm going to embrace this. Let me figure out what it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think... I think there were times like early on when, when I first moved to Colorado that I was I was the former. I was like, okay, yeah, they'll find me, you know, the diamond in the rough. I'm going to be that person that, you know, because my dream was, you know, to be a National Geographic. I was, you know, more of a landscape photographer, you know. And it, over time, you're like, yeah, that's not how it's going to happen. I mean, those, you know, there's so few people that do it. So you have to start creating your own. And so you know, thankfully, I had um, a pretty good mentor um, in photography when I was in Colorado, who kind of just helped kind of steer me in the right direction with that, that part of my life. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, I I think, I think anymore, and in this day and age, you you know, you, there's so much you can create on your own. I mean, there's so many opportunities of people like they can create their own business. I mean, you know, uh, you know, with, with location indie, you know, how many of us come in and there's so many different people that come in and you, and just kind of take their skills and their passions and they create these amazing, you know, um, businesses for themselves, you know, and there's, there's, it's boundless. I mean, it's, it's endless. You just have no idea all the different things that you can kind of create no matter what, no matter what your skills or passions or, you know, whatever dictate. So This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. 
We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, it's super exciting. I mean, yeah, what you said, you know, the, I think the quote you said was like, that's not how it's going to happen when you were talking about trying to, you know, break in or whatever. But uh, and and like, you know, the funny thing is, is like actually how it happens is how you're doing it right now. Like that is how it happens nowadays, right? Like somebody creates their own stuff, puts it online and then you get noticed, right? It's it's kind of like been reversed in, in some strange ways. But um, what do you love about Europe? You know, um, I love the mix of history. Full disclosure, I've only been to South America other than, you know, I haven't been to Asia, but I just love their, I love that how the Europeans are so attached to history. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of the Asian cultures are that way as well. But it just because everything's so old, you know, when they talk about something like World War II, it was like it was yesterday. So they have a great, I think, um, attachment and appreciation um, for that and their traditions. Um, it's great to see um, a lot of that being um, embraced. But at the same time, there's a lot of natural beauty. Um, and I think that that's kind of the nice thing is like you can go out and, you know, you can hike somewhere or go out on a kayak and you're never really too far from a town. So you can go and have a nice civilized meal. You don't have to go out in the middle of nowhere, which I have done in Colorado and Utah and places like that. I mean, you know, because you lived in Colorado, how it's just like, like you go out and there's nobody else around, which that's great too. Don't get me wrong. But for somebody who wants to have like that great mix of a trip or lifestyle, um, I think Europe is great that way. Yeah. You can, yeah, no, that's true. You can go hike like, you know, where I was in the Dolomites um, last summer, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it though? Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like hiking, but there's all these little like huts up there and you can go and you can like get a nice meal. It's, it's Italy after all. But um, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of nice. I think what you just said is a good segue to the the West Highland Way because yeah, this is one of the allures I think for me as well. This idea of, I mean, we both love the outdoor adventure type stuff. I think, I, and I don't know about you, but it sounds like I, I love to get out and like do the whole you know I'm backpacking, I'm in the middle of the wilderness, I'm dirty, like I haven't showered overnight thing, or, or multi night thing or whatever. But like nowadays, what I also love is like the idea of doing something like that but then combining it yeah. with like a little <laughs> reward days. at the end and <laughs> maybe it's like uh you know like my latest fixation is to do uh this longer distance cycling type thing in france where you like cycle along the canals but then like you can stop in the villages and eat it's like my i just added this whole thing to my bucket list but the west highland way i feel like is slotted into that category right because like you get to experience wilderness and hiking and and like this mix of nature, but then the history of places and like small towns and villages and warm meals, dare I say warm meals and uh, cold pints of beer and cold, things and, like and good whiskey <laughs> and good whiskey. Right. Like, I mean, this is like, this all sounds so great. So like, I mean, this is definitely something that's been on my bucket list as well. Correct me if I'm wrong with that description, but I guess just um, describe for people what the West Highland Way is and your experience with it. So um, the West Highland Way is, it's 96 miles long. Um, it runs from just north of Glasgow um, from a town called um, Mulgai. It looks like it's Mil Milngavi, but it's Mulgai. And it goes up to Fort William. So it's on the western part of Scotland and it, you know, it gets into like the last few days, um, or the days where you're actually like in kind of what would be called, what would be considered the highlands, um, varied terrain, no, no, like hiking up, uh, a tall mountain or anything like that. Um, there's not really a whole lot of those in Scotland anyway. <laughs> so, um, it, it's, it's kind of more of a, a rolling type of, of trail, I would say. Um, a lot of time by Loch Lomond, which is one of the the larger lakes there. And 
you come into either towns or settlements along the way um, where you can, I mean, there's even places where you can stop, like that end up being partway along the trail that you could stop and have lunch if you wanted. Um, so it's, you know, you're, you're in this beautiful, varied landscape um, from kind of rolling farmland to begin with to all, all along the shores of Loch Lomond. And then you kind of start getting through, you go through the moors and you got mountains off in the distance and it's just beautiful. And, and to be honest, um, when I kind of found out about, it, I had been thinking about doing some other long distance trails. Um, and when I found out about it and I had never been to Scotland, I was like, that's it. That's the long distance trail I want to be go, go to. And I was, I had been in Ireland and I went over to Scotland, I, you know, set everything up in advance, but that was my introduction to Scotland. Like I didn't go, you know, I flew into the Glasgow airport. I got it. I, I had a, a ride arranged to go up to Mulgai and went up and then started walking. And that's how I, that's how I first saw Scotland, which I think was a great way to do it. I mean, it was just, yeah. You can choose the ways you travel, right? Like in this case, you're like, all right, I'm going to land in Scotland. I'm going to choose to explore Scotland by walking this particular area. But just walking as a means of travel is like a different travel experience than, you know, training around or flying around. What do you like about walking as a travel experience? Well, I just, you know, it slows you down. I mean, and I guess, you know, part of that, I think also is the photographer in me. It's like, I hated being like what my first trip over to Europe when I was in Spain, I, um, I took the public transportation, which in that part of Spain was mostly buses. And I'd be on the bus and I'd be like pointing out the window going, oh, I want to photograph that, you know, when there's no, can't tell, <laughs> right. can't tell the bus. Like, stop the bus. Stop the bus. Know, right? Come on. I went, there were so many times where I wanted to scream that, stop the bus. I need to take a picture. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, on that trip, I did of uh, the one place that I was staying. Um, I met an older couple. Um, he was Italian and she was French. They were married. They were an older couple. And they had a car. And so they they were going to go explore the coast one day. And they're like, you can join us if you want. And he was like, he had a camera too. So he's like, just tell me if you want to stop and take a picture, I'll stop. And I was <laughs> like, okay, this is great. <laughs> so um, so walking. Obviously. And you were like, uh, do you have any idea what you just <laughs> invited in? I'm straining myself, trust me. <laughs> 4,000 stops later. Get out of the car. No. <laughs> I know. So, um, so anyway, you know, I think for me, like walking, that's just it. It's like, you know, and I, and, and I had to, like, I was worried walking the West Highland way because it's like, you know, you got so many miles, you know, and it's like, I, 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 even though it's like, I walk at a pretty good pace, you know, I'm in decent shape. So it's like, but I was like, so worried. I'm like, Lynn, you cannot stop every like five steps and take a, <laughs> take a picture because I tend to do that. So, um, I just think it's such a great way to just, like I said, slow down and, the interesting thing is, um, when I walked it, which was early May, number one, I had perfect weather, which doesn't happen in that part of Scotland very often. Um, but, you know, I think there might have been one day where, where the Scots maybe had a holiday. Um, so I was meeting like a lot of Scots people, Scottish, um, to that were just out like on a day hike because, you know, you can pick up access to different parts of the trail. Right. So people would be out and you'd stop and, and they'd be like, Oh, you're walking the whole thing. Good on you. You know? And they were just like, it was, so it was just such a nice, good way. on you, Lassie. <laughs> oh, don't start with your, don't start, don't, don't start with those. <laughs> those accents, I, won't. Jason. <laughs> I, I won't. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> I hang my head in shame. So, so, so that was like really, really nice to be able to, um, to just kind of, you know, stop and you, you know, you'd meet Scottish people and they were just, you know, so nice. And, and there were, a, you know, few that were like walking the whole thing as well mm -hmm. that I met. So, and that takes roughly how long? Like, I know you can do it out of like various, you know, speeds, of course, but. <laughs> well, if you're a young Kiwi and you're running it, you can do it in three days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I met some guy, he was running, he's like, oh, I'm running it. And I'm like, I looked at him like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like, fun, not. Three. It's like running like three marathons, right? right? <laughs> day, day after day. Um, most people, I think the average is seven. Um, 
I met people that were doing, obviously I met somebody that was doing it in three. Um, I remember the first day I met a group of guys who were doing it in five. Um, the gazelles, they were two Kiwi women. They were doing it in six. Um, Do people have trail lot- nicknames like that? Yeah, there's a few people. What was yours? <laughs> I thought, you know what? I just asked, I just asked my, my Scottish friend that I met on the trail. I was like, did I have a nickname? He goes, you were just the American lass. <laughs> <laughs> so my accent was correct. <laughs> yeah. so, That's great. Or the blogger. Well, once he knew who I was, then, it, then I was like the blogger. Um, so, cause he, they found out about that, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I met some people that were doing in eight days. And, you know, interestingly enough, I remember meeting an older couple and they were doing it in like 10 days. And I was like, you know, that's great because, you know, they're older. They could really take their time. You know, they still were out there doing it. And I was like, good on you, you know, um, that you're, you know, still going out there and you're tackling something like that just at a slower pace. And, and that. so Um, so I did it in seven days, which meant that in the, you know, the lengths vary every day. I think my shortest day was probably nine miles and the longest was about close to 19. Um, the 19, I, and day five for me was the 19 mile. And then the next day was the nine mile, which was kind of nice, you know, to kind of have that long day and then kind of have the next day be shorter. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a doable trail for people of all sorts. Like there are some people I thought there's no way, like on day one, I was like, there's no way they're walking the whole trail. They were walking the whole trail. (laughs) Really? And then, well, let's talk about, you know, yeah, the whole experience. Like I imagine there's several ways to do it. I mean, you could camp the whole time. You could mix camping and accommodations. You could say like it's modular in that way as a traveler, right? It's like you can, uh, you can kind of tailor the experience for like, I mean, you can, you can only know so much how you're going to feel, you know, three days from now or whatever, but you might think, okay, well, I'll camp this two nights and then, you know, the third night I'll be ready for a shower and a hot meal. So I'll stay in this town or whatever. Like, can you talk about just like, I guess I just want to hear your advice on the planning process and how somebody should approach, like, if they're like, I want to do this West Highland Way thing. Like, this sounds cool. Like Lynn did it, like just flying to Scotland. And the first thing I do is walk this. 96 mile trail and start experiencing Scotland, you know, on foot, like how should people kind of plan ahead for that? Well, I think the first thing is just kind of know yourself. Um, that was, that would be the first piece of advice. I mean, if you're not a camper, don't try to camp. If you're a person that wants to stay, you know, have a bed and have everything planned out, plan everything out. Um, if you're a person that wants to fly by the seat of your pants, you can. Um, so I'll tell you how I did it. And then I'll talk about the other, the other ways. So I actually decided, even though I'm a travel planner, I went with an outfitter basically, um, that kind of sets everything up for you. And once I made the decision to do it in seven days, I knew that number one, I wasn't going to carry all my crap with me every day. And I wasn't going to camp. Um, cause obviously like I had been traveling over in Ireland for the month before. So I had a, you know, a decent sized bag. I'm not going to hike with that. Well, this is uh, like an important point, I think, because logistically speaking, you know, I know a lot of people in the audience too, like when they're traveling, usually probably just not flying in for this trail and then leaving, you're probably going to other places or maybe you're living overseas and you're coming, you got a lot of stuff with you. So this is, it's good to know these options, right? Right. So you can have your quote unquote, what I called my big bag transferred, you know, and most of the long distance trails will do this. I mean, the West Highland Way is no different, obviously things like the Camino de Santiago and things like that. You can do that. So that way you're just taking what you need for the day. You have your so you day, have a day pack. pack and then you, you give somebody your big backpack with yep. all of your stuff you, and they just drive it to the next location. They drive it to the next location. So, you know, and usually every accommodation that you stay in, they'll be like, put your bag here, put your bag there. You know, they'll have a lobby area. Some of them have a shed out back, you know, put your bag there. And then the transporter guys come and, and, and pick it up and then take it to, you know, it's, it's, it's tagged. Like you get some sort of like tagging on it so that they know where it goes. So that kind of takes that out of your mind. Like you're like, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know, so you just kind of have, so you can pull out your dry clothes and, you know, you've got clean clothes to wear the next day. You're not, you don't have to wear the same thing every day if you've got, you know, some, some choices and, you know, that's how I did it. And just then walked with my day pack every day. 
The other thing is, is um, I had my outfitter called Walker's Ways, which is just kind of, it's a small operation, unlike some of the bigger one, like Max Adventure. Um, and she set up all of my accommodation along the way. So I told her what I wanted to stay in. I didn't, you know, I'm not, I don't like like hostels or bunk houses because I'm a light sleeper and I don't like sleeping in the same room with other people. That's just me. You may, it costs a little bit more to do it that way. So, you know, that just depends on your style. I mean, I know costs can change obviously, but like generally speaking, what did it cost to have a common, so you had accommodations every night and you had your bag transported and things like that. Do you remember what the whole thing cost? So I'm going to probably have to quote you in British pounds (laughs) since that's what I paid in. I think it was maybe about like in the 550 pound range. And that was a few years ago. The one thing I will note is that I did have like a pre-night. So I did go and I stayed, you know, in the town of Mulgai where I was going to start the night before. And then I stayed an extra night at the end in Fort William because oh, yeah. I, want, I wanted I to I mean, take that's not too bad considering like you're sleeping indoors every night and... And most of the places, I will tell you that most of the places, the place I stayed at the end was actually one of the nicest places. But most of the places were, you know, they were fine. They were like little B&Bs or guest houses, Um, you know, depending on where you're, how you're stopping. Some of the places like um, my second stop, like the first stop was, well, okay, I don't want to, I'm kind of going off topic. So, so let's stay with like, so that your other choices then for actually, um, staying or for setting up how like logistically how you would do it is you could, I met on the first day, I met a German girl who had all of her stuff on her back and she was just going to come into the town and she was going to try to find a place to stay. She had like a, a book that had different places to stay. And she would either try to call them or if they were like nearby, she could just kind of walk up. But she, I think she was calling. So um, that's another way you can do it. But is that the difficult other- during high season? I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. The, like you these- could, you kind of have to plan on not getting a place, I would imagine. Right. And just camping out. Like you could pay nothing and camp out every night and just pay for the food you cook. Right. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like I met another guy. Okay. So somebody else with a nickname, I called him grocery bag guy. (laughs) (laughs) He was this shout out to grocery bag guy. (laughs) He was this big, tall, I think he was German and he was camping out, but uh, seriously, like he had those, you know, your reusable cloth grocery bags. He must've had about four of those things. He had a big backpack on and he carried those things as well. So he had all of the stuff that he needed with him, all of his food and everything. And he was camping out, um, and power to him for, you know, going all the way through, of course, his you know, load got lighter as he went along as he ate his food. But, but I'm, I mean, there were people that work that you can camp out, you know, you, there are so many different ways that you can do it that are to your taste. Um, my friend, Andy, um, the guy that I met, um, along the, the, the road, he, I think had planned everything out, but he was staying more in the bunk houses. Mm -hmm. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? 
Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. You know, this is obviously a popular, well-known trail. I'm sure there are less popular, like less people type of trails you can take in Scotland, of course. Uh, There's a lot of hiking there. So I think sometimes people wonder, like, is it worth it, right? Like, would would I be better suited to like, like what makes this so iconic and worthwhile, even though you're going to be dealing with like, maybe more travelers and harder to find a place to stay. Maybe a bit more expensive because these towns are along the route so they know people are passing through. Yeah, but I still don't think the places are charged. Like they, to me, you know, when you look at the rates, really, they weren't charging that much. I think you just have to plan. I think you have to plan it out to not go during the like high, high season. I mean, when I went in early May, it was, you know, there were times where I was walking by myself. There wasn't anybody else around me. So I don't think that, um, now that might be different now because I do feel like, you know, with COVID people are like looking to do more outdoor stuff. Um, but I do think that if you kind of pick that more shoulder season and not go in like, like obviously July and August are the worst and you don't want to go, actually, you don't want to go. Here's a tip. You don't want to go then anyway, because of the little midgy bugs that are like, they're real small and they're just annoying. I don't know that they bite, but they're just annoying. Um, they can get like, you know, up your pants and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, cause they're real little. Um, but if you go in May, it's too early for them. And if you wait till maybe like September, then they've kind of died off. Okay. Uh, so you're looking at like the shoulder season, like April, yeah. May, September, October. April's probably too to early um, just because yeah. some stuff may not, there may be some places that aren't completely open. Um, okay. But usually um, from what I understand, like the first of May is kind of like the, the beginning of the season. I would say things probably still are open, but I am guessing that, you know, you might just be risking a little bit more. Um, maybe the weather not being quite as cooperative. Okay. And as far as like finding your way, like I think sometimes that can be intimidating for people like, what if I get lost in the wilderness? And (laughs) is it, is it pretty easy to, you know, for like the sort of the non outdoorsy outdoorsy person, like the person that's not orienteering and they've got a map and a compass and they know exactly how to figure out where they are in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) you know, bear grill style. I mean, is it (laughs) fairly simple to stay on the trail and not get lost and not die? It's pretty well marked. Um, It it really is. And, you know, the thing of it is like the way I did it and having an outfitter too, because I was, um, you know, obviously being a solo traveler and being, you know, a female traveler, it was nice because I knew that like, if I didn't show up at a place, you know, if something had happened to me that they would know, like, you know, like the, the people where I was staying, they'd be like, you know, they could call, you know, the outfitter that I had that I use and say, you know, Hey, Lynn Neiman didn't show up. And, you know, plus I just also had a phone number and you got self-service in a lot of places, but, um, but yeah, so you're not really totally in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, you know, I don't, it's, it really is pretty well marked. There are a few spots that maybe get a little confusing, but if you can just, there's a great guidebook, um, by this guy, uh, Terry Marsh. I think this is like the, this is, I got this as part of my, um, my package and it's kind of, it's just called walking the West Highland way. So oh, I'm know. so ready. I'm so ready to walk it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and again, sounds... it's not, it's not overly busy, you know, I mean, I'm is at certain times. And like I said, I mean, I ran into locals in, in places, um, that were just doing part of it. You know, certainly like I remember at the weekend, like on Saturday, that was Saturday was the day that I walked my 19 miles and, you know, I did see more people. I mean, even though there were a lot of times I was walking by myself, but I did see people out like kind of, you know, doing just part of it um, on those days because the weather was so nice too. Can you share like 
one or two of your favorite memories from uh, from the walk and the whole experience? Because it's a really a whole experience, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, one of the overarching things that I want to kind of say about it, about kind of like walking one of these long distance trails, um, whether you're by yourself or even with other people, I think it's at once kind of, you know, both meditative, you can be on your own and get very reflective. And at the same time, it can be very social, like you can, you know, meet other travelers, it's it's pretty easy, because you're all kind of in this together. Um, so you're sharing stories about your blisters, or, you know, over that section of the trail or whatever. Um, so it's kind of like that nice, you know, you get that nice mix. Um, as far as some of my favorite stories. Um, <laughs> so the story about when I met <laughs> my friend Andy on the trail, which was at the end of day was that two? No, day three. Yeah, it was the end of day three. And um, I, I, I think I had seen him, he passed me at one point about halfway through the trail. And I was I had stopped to photograph. And he just kind of made a comment to me about it, get get any nice photos. And I was like, Oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then I came, I came upon him and an Englishman, a little bit further up, like close to where I was going to be stopping. And I had to go across the lake. This was kind of at the north end of Loch Lomond. And where I was staying, I had to like, there's like a little boat that comes over and, and gets you and then takes you across the lake to this little settlement car- called Ardlui. And you have to find this like pole when there was a buoy. And I kept going, well, where's, the, you know, I'm like, where is this buoy? You know, I was just kind of still looking around because, you know, I knew it was going to be around somewhere. And he said, you mean boy? He called it a boy. (laughs) (laughs) So we got into an argument. (laughs) I'm like, it's buoy, it's boy, you know. So so just in his, he's from Glasgow. So he's got a very Glasgow region. Like sometimes he was talking to me and I'm like, you need to repeat yourself. I said, I have no idea what you just said to me. Because that's the accent was so thick. And so it was just kind of of a joke. And I could tell because he was kind of smirking at me. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to like this guy because he's just funny. Yeah, Yeah, it's great that you're like you're, describing the the mix of you know getting solitude if you want it getting the interaction with other travelers but also getting to meet locals along the way too i mean how was the food did you have some pretty epic meals in some of these towns or not so much the food was was decent i mean you know there were some places that probably had some better stuff than others um you know i definitely always treated myself though to some whiskey (laughs) you earned that at the end of the day right yeah yeah i mean i was really kind of like trying to do you like do you like the uh the super campfire like lafroig type of uh (laughs) scotch whiskey or smoky smoky peaty stuff i think i like space side whiskeys a little bit better which are kind of not so smoky and peaty Mm. um but there's a time and a place i think for a smoky peaty whiskey the campfire in the bottle, not your, yeah. not your jam. <laughs> no, it's campfire. It's <laughs> the earth. That is awesome. Now I appreciate you sharing your experience uh, around uh, walking the West Highland Way. I mean, certainly something, you know, that I've been wanting to do for a while. I, I know I'm going to do it. Like I'm here in Norway. I'm not that far away, right? No. Just need to block out the uh, the time and get through this whole uh, pandemic situation. No, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, before we kind of let you go, I wanted to ask you about travel intuition, using your travel intuition, because that's something you talk about uh, with your travel planning services and something you talk about on your website, which, by the way, we should let everybody know. Just again, it's wanderyourway.com. So if you want Lynn's help planning uh, some travel, she can help you out with that. And I mean, you can share what else you do as well. I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on travel intuition. Yeah. I just, I, I kind of think that sometimes if we plan out too much stuff, we don't leave ourselves open to just kind of following your nose, if you will. Um, you know, and just kind of, you know, opening up your mind and your heart and your soul to just letting anything happen. So if you come across a situation where, you know, maybe a local is like, hey, you need to go here or let me show you this. Um, you know, some people immediately put up their guard, you know, I think, and they, you know, they're, oh, no, I got to stick to this plan. You know, I have this plan. I got to do this. Well, but what does your gut tell you? 
You know, what does that intuition tell you? Is that, would that be an opportunity that you think would be something that would, you know, lead to this really great travel moment as I call them? Um, you know, so, you know, kind of listen to your, listen to your intuition, listen to your gut as you travel. Don't have to be so packed on a schedule and, you know, say yes, you know, say yes to those travel moments, those times where, where some opportunity just presents itself, even if that means you have to kind of throw some other plans out the window, because sometimes, you know, then something really magical happens and you have, and you have that experience that you're like, that's going to be one of your like favorite travel memories ever. Yeah. Love it. You know, think about your hierarchy of values as a traveler, right? It's like if you, if like a local, a local invites you to go stay with them at some town, like three towns away, and you want to go to this site, it's like, well, are you here to meet the locals? Or are you here to see these sites? You know, which, which do you kind of, you know, do you want to have that adventure, that experience of like sort of the unknown or maybe a place you didn't plan on going? I mean, I love, I love what you just said. So I'm right on, on board with you there. You know, I hope we get to hang out in person one of these days. <laughs> You know Norway's on my list, so. Yes, I know, because you're coming over to Europe. It'll happen at some point. Or we can but, go um, walk uh, the West Highland Way, or there's yes. the Space Side Way that's up at north that goes to all the distillery places. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. I should mention yeah, the web, there was a website, westhighlandway.org, that has some information on the trail as well. I just feel lucky that I get to have you in my circle of friends. I feel the same. I feel the same. I really appreciate who you are, what you do. It took too long probably to get you on the podcast to share some of your travel philosophy. And, and of course, we, we handpicked like one of these sort of adventures that you've, that you've had. But I mean, you have other guidebooks and, and things on your site. So if you go to wanderyourway.com, you can check out what Lynn's up to and see some of her amazing photography, read her articles, and get a little, uh, get a little wanderlusty. I guess. Yeah. If you need that. Our armchair um, travel. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we let you go? Uh, no, I would just say hang tight, everybody. We'll all be out there traveling soon. Just, you know, keep dreaming, you know, keep, you know, make some loose plans. It's not too early to just kind of at least start doing some research and, you know, making your list, making a bucket list, you know, gotta keep the dream alive. That's right. And once it all <laughs> opens up, then you can start, start doing those bucket list items. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a folder in my bookmarks. It's like bucket list and, you know, like West Highland way, this French canal bike thing, like anything I find, I'm like, let me fun. just drop this in here. And then when, uh, when things open, I'm like, just start kind of going through and, you know, a lot of them are, I'm really attracted to these sort of human powered, like kind of quasi outdoor adventure meets sort of cultural in the town history mix type of thing. I think those are great personally. I love that. It's an awesome thing. Anyway, keep doing awesome stuff and inspiring people to travel. Thanks for taking the time to do that for us today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right. Take care. You too. There you have it, my friend. Thank you once again to Lynn for stopping by the show. That was fun. Don't forget to check out her podcast, Wander Your Way. It's live now where you can get podcasts. And I very much enjoyed our chat and getting to kind of vicariously travel the West Highland Way. I mean, this is a a spectacular little chunk of the world. Sounds to me anyway. And true story, I actually once did a hitchhiking race in Scotland. It was pretty crazy. We camped out, did some wild camping outside of Edinburgh. A friend of mine, Gary, organized it. And we all woke up, then we had a crazy party. And then we all woke up the next day and teamed up into teams of two. We had to hit, I believe it was eight or 12 checkpoints around Scotland and get our picture taken next to them. And it was all in good fun. And it was making our way around the entire country. So... I teamed up with uh, Gary, and half of the teams went uh, clockwise. The other half went counterclockwise. <laughs> we ended up meeting some teams in the middle. And uh, man, I remember that hopping in that first ride and getting the driver to honk his horn while we waved everybody off who was still standing at the side of the road. <laughs> and uh, What a blast. What an experience. If you do want to hear about that experience, I have a show in the archives. That's all about it, a bit of a narrative show, which... Uh, 
is a, it can only capture the experience so much. But you can imagine some of the characters we met and the kindness that we experienced on the road. Just people, you know, took us in for meals. Uh, you know, one woman drove out of her way. Uh, she did her normal commute um, that she would do uh, to her job, but she did it on a Sunday just to just to give us a ride, even though she wasn't even going in that direction. Another older couple drove us like an hour out of their way just so we could get a picture in, in one spot. Uh, just incredibly kind people, such good warm vibes uh, from the people in Scotland and the land just kind of raw and gorgeous. So West Highland Way, very high on my bucket list. And it also fits into this idea of creating a box for your travels, which I'll talk about in a second. I do want to remind you, if you haven't signed up over at zerototravel.com yet, what are you waiting for? Come on, join us over there. If you like the content here on the podcast, you can keep in touch with the weekly newsletter and we have other things going on online like workshops and challenges to help you build a side hustle if that's something you're interested in. So we have all these different ways that you can travel and zero to travel, I like to think of it as an a la carte menu for whatever works for you, right? It's travel on your terms. That's part of what I talk about on this show. This is a community-powered show. This show's for you, and that's why I try to just mix up the guests here so everybody gets a little bit of everything. You know, maybe you don't want to start a business to travel. Maybe you do. Maybe you you care to work remotely. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to get a travel job. So that's why you see all of these uh, different topics being covered. And of course, I want to cover any other topics that you want to hear. So we can get in touch anytime, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com. But just go and sign up for the email list over at ZeroToTravel.com. And that way, we can stay in touch and you won't miss anything going on off the podcast and online. Now, let's talk about this idea of creating this box. You know, you heard me talk about it a bit in the interview. One thing that I discovered recently was these uh, bike trips that you could take on these canals in France. And this box that I'm imagining, if you're talking about creating a box for your adventures, is a bit of uh, this outdoor adventure meets, you know, sort of village city culture life, right? In a foreign destination. So this idea of getting out, sweating, doing something out in nature, doing something physical, and then just rolling into a town and I won't say getting pampered, but you know, maybe having a nice hot shower, a good meal, you know, something, uh, something that's, uh, I guess, a little bit indoors and relaxing. So you get to experience the culture, the, the life in a small town or a small village, but you have the in-between times where you get to be out in nature and doing something physical with your body, which uh, of course has its own culture, but maybe you know, depending on the adventure, you might not be seeing as many people. And this is a box that I like to think of uh, of it as as a little box, right? It's like this idea of, hey, let's go on this adventure, and here's what the box contains. Here are the elements of the box. You've got uh, this physical aspect, and then you've got this uh, sort of in town, kind of like small town staying in in nice places and enjoying that side of travel aspect right so you can kind of earn it <laughs> in the in-between stages you get you you're sweating maybe you're doing something physical and then you earn a bit of a reward you earn your meal at the end of the day and it's just a nice balance I feel and that's an example of creating a bit of a box right so I like this idea of a, it's you know, with the West Highland Way, when you think about a 96-mile trail, like that is the box, right? There's the trail, there are the miles, and the experience contains those elements I just discussed in the physical challenge, the mental challenge, but also earning your scotch whiskey at the end of the day, sweating, getting dirty, and then maybe getting clean and sitting in a nice pub and hanging out with some Scottish people. That's a nice little box. I like that. And you can create these boxes for yourself when you pick these adventures. Uh, you know, one of the adventures that was on my bucket list for a long time was going to Nepal. And then there was a, an uprising. There was like a communist rebellion. And anyway, this was years ago. And for many years I, I couldn't go. And then I did end up eventually 
going. And the box was the trek, right? The trek itself. So sometimes these, uh, these adventures where, where it's like a set number of miles or a set number of kilometers, and you can make up your own, right? That's why I wanted to bring up this concept. It doesn't have to be a well-known thing. You can say, well, I'm going to ride my bike from whatever, Florida to Alabama, just making that up. There's my box. And within that box, what's the experience going to look like? How am I going to craft it? Now, of course, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know, you can set yourself up for a good, a bit of an idea of what the whole experience will be like. And it doesn't mean you have to travel like that the whole time, but you're creating a little box for these adventures. So anyway, I like this idea of just creating this little box. And these are my favorite boxes right now that when I'm fantasizing about travel again, I'm thinking about this, this idea of the, the physical and then, um, getting the the cultural elements of, of small town life and things like that. And, uh, that's why the, the canal biking thing in France appeals to me and the West Highland way and some of these other hiking trails in Europe where you can, you know, hike through the Alps and then you end up in, in small towns and things like that. It's just, it's just cool. What's your box? What's an idea that, uh, that you have, or what's a box that you might want to create or live in for a, a little mini travel experience? Let me know. And in fact, we can make that a call to action for the audio message request of the week. I've been asking for audio messages from people in the community. If you can send me one via email, jason at zerototravel.com, or if you go to zerototravel.com slash speak, that will take you to a page where you can record an audio message. And really, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to put your voice on the podcast. Let me know. What kind of box would you make? What do you think about this concept? Do you have another concept that you want to share as it relates to travel with the community, uh, any thoughts, questions, suggestions, hit me up. And uh, nothing I love more than getting audio messages and then being able to play them here on the podcast so you can hear from other people in the community besides me, besides me. But I do thank you for uh, taking the time to hear from me and listen to this show. Much appreciated. And uh, it's time to let you go now, right? You got to get about your day. Let me reach into the uh, quote drawer here, see what I can come up with as far as a good quote to leave you with here. This is a random one I pulled out. In any language, can you say anything higher in the sentient kingdom than I love you and thank you? That's from Muji. Probably not pronouncing that name correctly, but pretty beautiful quote nice thing so i'm gonna say i love you and thank you to you my friend and have a wonderful day until next time take care cheers this podcast has been brought to you by zero to travel.com ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality 